<laughs> I'm your host. I'm your host, Carrie Epima. And alongside me Reaper. is Quinlan Posner. And this is a true crime comedy podcast. What was felt... the guy that was like, <laughs> the Crypt Keeper? Oh my God. The Crypt Keeper wasn't, there was a, there was a period of the nineties where it was like, you had Crypt Keeper, Adam's family. Have you, by the way, seen the think pieces about how the Adam's family were like the best, most progressive family? No. What makes them progressive? So it was like how male servant. No, the um, how Morticia and Gomez had a very sexual relationship, but also taught their children autonomy and independence and how they took in members of their family. But they were also very, quote unquote, woke, like when um, in the Adams Family movie. Well, they're very accepting. Right. They're very accepting. They have a very like, um, I, mean, I don't remember have to be accepting. One of their friends is just a hand. Wouldn't that be the dream? (laughs) Oh, my God. Speaking of hands, speaking of disembodied things. Oh, God. Did you find a a dismembered baby? Worse. I don't know what I'm saying. Worse and better at the same time. My friend Jamie sent me an article, and it's about a guy who had uh, some kind of infection uh, that made him lose his penis. (gasps) Wait. This is in the New York Post. And now they made him a penis on his arm and he has a penis attached to his arm because the whole thing is they used his arm to help to build the penis because of the nerve endings because are the most it, similar. I'm watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, they need and to be attached to a gonna, blood supply. Once the penis is like ready, they will cut it off and attach it where it's supposed to go. But he's been ready for it to be attached to where it's supposed to go now for a while. And this is what I thought was so crazy. First... He missed some doctor's appointments because of a miscommunication. And then COVID happened. So it's been delayed. But I'm like, if I was supposed to go (laughs) to the doctor to get my penis reattached from my arm to where a penis goes, I'm not just like putting that on my Google calendar and then spacing it. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, he missed the appointment. What What are you talking about? I'm most surprised at... Does it have nerve endings on his arm? Like yeah, it, it's gonna work like a penis. Like, will if he feel pleasure? So he's like jacking off his arm. Oh, great question. I don't Is know that, that he's... that's where my mind went. No, but I, I don't know. I, I do know he named it Jimmy. That's my brother's name. I don't love. I'm that. so sorry. Please, goddamn um, it! What I didn't choose that. Why would piece you pick? That's not the name you pick for a dick. And he was talking about how he obviously wears long sleeves now all the time, but people will notice the bulge and ask him about it. And he has to be like, oh, that's my penis, which I'm sure they're like, sure it is. And then I he's like, it check it out. The I- social media. And it was him like lounging with his leg up. And then it was just blurred around his arm. Blurred. They blur. Because I guess what's so funny about it is, is a penis blur worthy if it's on your arm? 
apparently. Because your arm usually shows. Like, I just think that's a whole interesting... Jamie, my friend, is a total pervert and was able to track down a picture of the penis. So if you want to see the actual penis arm, I have that photo available. I would like to see it. Oh, my God. I want to see it. Show me. Oh, you want to see it right now? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I thought it might mess you up. No, I think it'll give me strength, to be honest. Text it to me. Okay, I'm just going to cop. Oh, oh no. I clicked on it. Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to throw up. Quinn's face. (laughs) Oh, so it's gross. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean... As Michael Scott, that's like my favorite buzz. It's like for a penis in the right, Michael Scott says it in the office. He goes, For a woman, a penis in the right light well, is God, the most beautiful sight she's ever seen. <laughs> Michael Scott's so good. Penis implant. Oh my God. <laughs> it's really upsetting. Wait, I have to look. I'm clicking on it. No, Oops. don't do it. I'm Just doing it. I have enough. to. Oh my God. Okay, dear readers, it's like under his arm. Yeah, it's part of his body. It's attached. And how did his penis fall off in the first place? Blood. A supply, peren- like a blood. Per- uh, perineum infection? Perineum. Thank you. Doesn't that sound better? Per- I don't know. Say dear it again. Re- perineum. Perineum. Oh, maybe instead of Griffin. That's so beautiful. Perineum. I think it's perineum. Perineum. I don't know, folks. Uh, no matter how you say it, it is something that if it gets infected, apparently your penis can turn black and fall off, which is what happened to him. <sighs> I actually, I did want to share something, though. I was researching my story, and because, dear readers, as you know, I've done the one shark story, and I do love sharks. I'm, or I'm fascinated by them. I'm terrified of them. But so many shark deaths like did you hear about the woman who in went to maine she's from new york she went to maine and kayaked with her daughter and then the shark killed her in maine yeah and her daughter like kayaked back so terrifying was like this is bad I, that's probably verbatim what she said the <laughs> this is thing, not good this is really i can't bad. believe that that's it's scary and in long island at the beaches i think she was from here yeah the, the woman was from here yeah it was like her summer residence and then um, on Long Island, you're not allowed to swim past your knees because of the increase of great white sharks around there, or bull sharks, or tiger sharks. Jeez Louise. Crazy amounts of sharks. But the other thing I wanted to share was Fenn's treasure. There's a little bit of an update on Fenn's treasure. <gasps> Fenn has revealed, because he knows people wanted closure, that yes. the treasure was found in the state of Wyoming. That's all the information I can give you. Okay. But thank you. Like, I hope he gets braver and bolder with the amount of information he's willing to offer because I I think we all could use a little closure, Finn. Yeah. But I also, for the person who found it, I wouldn't want anyone to know. I think we talked about it that episode that I don't know if I'd want anyone to know. No, 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 no. That's winning the lottery. You don't want anyone to know. But I just want to know where the fuck it was. Yeah. State of Wyoming. The great state of Wyoming. Which, dear readers, if you remember, at its inauguration ball, the governor at the time was wearing a pair of shoes made out of human skin. Human skin shoes. Who Big are you nose wearing? George Perot. Big George nose George Perot. Perot. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Um, well, who's going first? I believe I went first last time with my amazing story about The Watcher. Okay. The story I'm telling you is a story of Anne Bonny. Do you know Anne Bonny? No. And Bonnie, I got this information from 
Wikipedia, my favorite website, Legends of America. Addict. You Addict. better donate to them if they have a thing. It's so like HTML old school. In fact, two days ago, I read it when I was drunk one night. And then I went to go research and write things down, and it wasn't working. The server was down. <laughs> In your like, brain or on the computer? On the computer. Both. Okay. Yes. The answer is, uh-huh. Um, and the Smithsonian. And a lot of their information is compiled from a 1724 book or account. Um, it's titled, A General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates. Our matey. By Captain Charles Johnson. So this chick, Anne Bonny, she's born in Ireland, Cork, Ireland, in the late 1600s, like really late, 1698 or 1700. It's not totally clear. Um, but sh- her parents, her mom is a family maid and her dad is this lawyer. And so what happened was is her father, this was an extramarital affair. She was an illegitimate child, which, by the way, I don't love the idea. Like, why are we calling him illegitimate? But because she's a legitimate person. She's a little bit, she's a legitimate she child. She was legitimately a child. She was legitimately a child, but she was born out of wedlock through an extramarital affair. Copy that. Copy that. So what happened was she's born, her dad is trying to cover him up. His wife finds out and his wife has a lot of the money. So he moves to London after his wife's family just cuts him off, gets super fucking pissed about it. And then he starts parading Anne around as Andy. He dresses her as a boy and says, this is the child of a distant relative who I now have to care for. Wait, why the need to cross-dress, though, with that, like, coupled with that lie? Maybe because I I think it was the 1700s and women were the worst. (laughs) Oh, and maybe men didn't even travel with, like... Like a young girl. But if it was his... Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or maybe because by adding cross-dressing to it it like further distanced him from the truth and who she was so we did it for his own mental stability (laughs) i assume so because we're going to meet another lady pirate later and she also was dressed like a boy when she was a child for another reason for reason that i actually can follow Um, okay but what's important is annie Anne was parading around as andy and so or he, they said he dressed like a boy to avoid scandal. Maybe because, like, they didn't want a young girl around a man. I don't know. Okay. But her mother was around the whole time. Her biological mother, Anne's biological mother, Mary, what's her name? Mary Brennan. And her father's name was William McCormick. So they moved to London. Anne is dressed like a boy. And then eventually the scandal breaks. I believe his wife sort of outs him. And He's a lawyer, and he loses all of his clients due to the scandal. And his wife leaves him. So he takes Mary and Anne, Mm -hmm. his lover, newfound wife, I guess, but his lover and his child, and they emigrate to the United States. And they are in the province of Carolina, is what it's called. Got it. Have you heard of it? I don't know if it's north or south. Pre the big big north-south division. The pre-north-south division. Um which I believe was the Civil War. Which I believe was the Civil War. Just the Carolinas. The Civil know. War of the Carolinas. <laughs> so she's 10 years old when they move. Her her father drops the Mick to his name. So his last name is now Cormick. So he can like f- assimilate to the American culture. No Mick in there. He dropped the Mick. Well, sort of. It was McCormick and now it's Cormick. If he really wanted to drop the Mick, he'd go with Cor. <laughs> he'd, he'd be super hard He'd drop hardcore. the double Mick. Yeah. 
McCormick. <laughs> he, he dropped two Micks. He's like, I'm only allowed one Mick per name. That's what. And I got, I'm going to go post, not pre. McCor, McCormick, whatever. So he drops the Mick. He tries to practice law. He's not making much money out there. And then he becomes a merchant and I believe eventually a plantation owner. So two years later, after they moved to the Americas, her mother dies of typhoid. This is pre-Mary, folks, but this Mary dies of typhoid when Annie's 12. And then by the time her mom dies, Anne becomes just a spitfire. She has red hair. She's super fiery. She's very quick temper. There are reports that she actually stabbed a servant girl with a knife and killed her, just murdered her. And then apparently a sailor tried to rape her and she beat him half to death. So at 13... She's fucking hardcore, and she's a cat. She's super hot, apparently. So there are rumors of her going out at night and doing the deed with a bunch of sailors, fishermen. Like, she was just kind of a wild child. And her dad was like, what any 1700s father would do and say, we got to get this woman settled down. So he set her up with a a local guy. And of course she was like, don't fucking tell me what to do, dad. So she decides to marry this guy, James Bonney at the age of 16, who's a poor sailor and a small time pirate. And some of the reports say that he wanted to marry her because he would then have access to her father's fortune. And he was like, this is a sick trade for me. And her dad was like, psych, nice try you jerks. And he disowned her, kicked her out of the house, inheritance, a uh, bye bye. So she and her husband James head to the Bahamas. It's a, uh, it's the Republic of Pirates, is what they call it. Wow, fancy nickname. Super fancy nickname because a bunch of pirates go there from England and shit. It's a sanctuary for pirates. How fun! So her husband then becomes. It's kind of a dick move, to be honest. There's this guy, Governor Woods Rogers. And he becomes really fixated on ridding this island of pirates, which is awkward because it's the Republic of Pirates. So, like, it's just a lot to do. That's the name of the island. It's the name of the island. Have some respect. And so James, her husband. Wait, they are the Pirates of the Caribbean. Basically. I just realized that. this is way cooler. I'm going to be honest with you. The fact that Pirates of the Caribbean wasn't made and the movie of her life wasn't is bullshit to me. True and utter bullshit, and you'll see why. James buddies up to the governor who's, like, hating on all these pirates. And since James is, like, a shitty sailor and a small pirate, he's like, I'll make more money by helping capture pirates and being a snitch on all these pirates in the Bahamas. And Anne is like... Snitches get stitches. Yeah, and Anne's like, I don't fucking like that. Annie, That's get not, your gun. Annie got her gun, her, what is it? Cut, cutlass, cutlass. <laughs> she got her fucking, she got her plank and she was like, bitch, no. And she was really miffed about that. So she starts sleeping around. She starts heading to the tavern, meeting other pirates, seeing what's out there. Someone last night told me this phrase and it just made me laugh. She was hunting some strange and nice. <laughs> love a, a strange hunt. So she's hunting some strange. She's, she's doing what she needs to do to get her rocks off, to get her jollies, shiver me timbers. And she ends up meeting this guy. His name is John Calico Jack Rackham. 
he's known as Calico Jack because he's a pirate. A and pirate. so they all have cool fucking names. And they have cool fucking names and he dresses pretty flamboyantly. Like he's like a garish dresser. Love. And she's so like he's like the Johnny Depp yes, character. Yes. And she's like, I'm into this guy. This guy, I'm into. So she's like drinking, seducing pirates, and then at one point Calico Jack. And before that, even her husband knew she was fucking around because at one point he, it said that she was seen lying and he found her lying in a hammock with another man. Which, by the way, like that actually doesn't seem very sexy to me because I can't imagine having sex in a hammock. I don't think you can. So she meets Calico Jack Rackham and he was a bigger time pirate than her snitch husband. And they fell in love. They loved each other, and she really wanted to leave her husband. And it was customary at the time where the new man could pay the husband to divorce her. So Calico Jack offered James Bonnie money to divorce Anne, and James was like, no. And then he threatened to beat up Anne. And so what they did, they beat it. They got the fuck out of there. Then she starts her career as a pirate. And I love the story of how she started her career as a pirate. So what she did is she took an old dress mannequin from like a local dressmaker and she covered it in fake blood and mangled all of the body parts and she had an axe over it. And when this French ship passed by, they got so freaked out by her that they just gave her all the cargo without a fight. And that Whoa. is how what launched her into her career. She was like the OG Halloween. She was incredible. She was like, yeah, you scared now? Bye. And so she was on the ship with Calico Jack. Now, there are some different reports about whether she cross-dressed on the ship, which, of course, we know is not totally new for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Blackbeard never allowed women on the ship, so much so that if any woman were to come on the ship or, like, someone smuggled someone or someone abducted a woman, he would throw them off the ship. He would tie them up and throw them off into the ocean. He was like, it's too complicated. He's like, it's too risky. I'm not doing it. Well, Pirate Anne was, like, super chill, you know? And so I guess she wasn't... She didn't have to dress like a man in front of her own crew, um, but she had to dress like a man if they were to do an attack, have a parlay with any other well it would probably be thing. protective as well because if another ship they're fighting sees a woman they might try to yeah kidnap her or whatever but she was super i mean hardcore. she'd be fine she fought she was no joke yeah, she, she doesn't need to draw that it. kind of heat you're not wrong you're not wrong at one point someone on her crew was like there shouldn't be a woman on this you know what she did gutted that motherfucker she stabbed him in the heart yeah well that's fair I mean, he yeah. had that coming he had it coming all along. Uh, uh. So what I also thought was interesting at the time was someone would, I read a report on pirates in general and how it wasn't about like buried treasure and shit like that. It was just about commandeering other cargo, taking things, kind of just being lawless on the land. And one of them was like, they ate more turtles than they drank rum, which I just really thought that was a funny thing to say. <laughs> because we are not like, ah... And they're all turtle-eating pirates. Those same turtle-eating pirates. And then the other thing was that some of them were actually family men. Like, some pirates actually were very chaste and loyal to their family. This guy, Captain Kidd, his family was in New York, and he just, like, really loved and cared for them, and he didn't fuck around with anyone. And any, a lot of the sexual, sexual deviances, as they said, was not with other women, but rather with fellow crew members. Take that, world. Gay's been around forever. We'll see ya. Um... 
at around this time... Gay the, pirates. Gay pirates. <laughs> I don't think any of us are that surprised. <laughs> it just reminds me of the Arrested Development episode with Tobias Bloom. With <laughs> Tobias Funke in his wife's shirt. It's really good. Um, at the same time... Mary Reed somehow got on board. Now, Mary Reed is another famous pirate at the time. And Mary Reed and Anne had a very close relationship. What happened was, is Mary Reed's ship got commandeered and she was taken on Calico Jack's ship as a prisoner. She was kidnapped, I think, as a man. And then when no one was looking, she tried to dress seductively and seduce the men to save herself. But at one point, she ended up finding Anne and she trusted her enough to show her her boobs. And Anna was like, oh, you're a woman. And so they developed a very close friendship. And that's when Calico Jack got super jealous. Because Calico Jack did not know that this woman, Mary, was a woman. Oh, my and God. This is Shakespearean. It, totally. And so when he walked into the room, he was about to slit, quote, unquote, Mark's throat. And Mary was like, no, 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 it's me. And just flashed him. And he was like, oh, cool. <laughs> That's I fine. love that that's her defense mechanism. Whenever she's close to danger, <laughs> she's like, just like, boobs, boob and then you're fine. There are some reports that Mary and Anne were lovers, too. I wouldn't put it past them. So just a little bit about Mary, because I mentioned that I was going to go into it. She also dressed as a boy when she was a child because she was also an illegitimate child. And her mother had a boy first from a man she was sleeping with who wasn't her husband. And... The mother-in-law found out it was a boy, and so she was like, I'll give you some money to help with the boy because it was a boy, and they're more valuable. And then the little boy died, and the mother got pregnant again with Mary. And so when she gave birth to Mary and it was a girl, she was like, we need to keep up this ruse where you dress like a boy so that I get the inheritance. Mm. Wild, right? So they had a lot in common in that they were both illegitimate children. They both were dressed up as boys. A little later, Mary got pregnant. As one does. And she ended up going to Cuba, had the baby, but then quickly went back on the ship, continued her career as a pirate. There's not really information about what happened to the child. So I don't know if she brought them with her or died in childbirth. We don't know. But she does end up divorcing James Bonney. While they're back to pirating, they steal the ship called William. And but she's, that's the name of the ship? Yeah, that's the name of the ship. The ship is William, which is sort of confusing, I guess. And around this time, she gets she's noted as a most wanted pirate. She gets enough notoriety and fame that the governor of Jamaica is looking for her. ships were always women. You thought ships were always women? Yeah. But I, people always thought that pirates were always men, so. Touche. <laughs> There's that. So she became super wanted. The governor of Jamaica wanted her, Calico Jack, and all the crew so in October 1720, a ship, like, rolls up right next to them, and they notice it's the government's ship. It's the governor's ship, and they're like, oh, no, we have to fight. Most of the men on board were super drunk, so they just gave up pretty quickly. They were like, fuck it. I'm out. That's it. However, Mary and Anne fought. Like, they pulled out their guns and swords and were fighting, and at one point, Mary yelled, if there's a man among you you'll come up and fight like the man you are to be. And then when no one came up, she shot her gun down into the hole and killed one of them. Like, super hardcore. They refused to surrender. They were fighting, fighting, fighting. Finally, they were overcome by the government uh, ship, and they took them all into prison, and they were sentenced to hang. 
the dudes were. What happened was is they went through trial and all of the pirates were found guilty and sentenced to hang. And this is before Mary and Anne went to trial. The dude's trial was first. And right before Calico Jack was hung, Mary went up to him and she was like, had you fought like a man? We need not have been hanged like dogs. Ooh, shit. That was the last thing she said to him. Dark. So when time came for Mary Reed and Anne Bonnie to withstand trial, they both, quote, pleaded their bellies. Oh, pregnant. They were both pregnant or claimed to be. They said they were quick with child. So they stayed their execution due to the pregnancies. So. Well, what happened? Which, by the way, I just kind of love it when being a woman benefits you for like the one time for anything for anything do you know what i mean like at this i'm like (laughs) she survived because of it mary reed ended up dying in jail due to a fever during childbirth although who knows if she was actually pregnant but um and then anne stayed in prison until you just said during childbirth that's a hard thing to fake well, they just said fever. It's it's all. Oh, like, you it's said mis- fever during childbirth. They, they, some of them said childbirth. I'm suspect on like whether she was pregnant or not because I think any woman because both of them being like we're pregnant, we're pregnant, and then they're, they're like, just in a jail with a bunch of guys that don't know anything, yeah. so they don't get fatter, well, and they just seven... one day are like, I'm gonna give birth. And it's like Koa style. They're like, it's gonna shoot out my foot. <laughs> and the guy's like, okay, is that how this works? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm super ready. So Mary Reed died in prison to a fever, let's say to childbirth. Let's just call it, let's childbirth. believe women. She has, she was pregnant, childbirth. Anne stayed in prison until she gave birth, but she was somehow not executed. There is no documents about her death. So where she ended up, nobody knows. Anne Bonnie somehow escaped jail, execution, but there's no death records of her. So she's... She's, I think she's still alive. This was 1720. She's still alive. She's still alive today. So incredible. There's, there's a couple theories. One of which is that she was remarried in 1721. So a year after this to this guy, Joseph Burley, she had eight kids and died in South Carolina in 1782. That means she lived to like eighties, which is a rare. long time Very for rare. the 1700s. Um, the other one was she lived a quiet family life in the Caribbean or South England, um, where she had a tavern and told stories. Like that life for her, too. I mean, I like that, too. The other one was uh, the father, her father for back in Carolina ended up marrying her off to a Jamaican official. Um, and then she changed her name to Annabelle and had eight kids and died at 88 years old. What I found Eight kids eight in, in the 80s seems to be the It's consensus. two out of three. But what I just think is interesting is for not knowing anything about her, they're like, definitely eight kids. Right. <laughs> eight kids. You know like, what it all means is that there's eight assholes running around bragging that that's their mom. Sick, right? I would, I would brag if that was my mom for sure. I wouldn't. I would tell all my kids, though, that I was her, assuming she was dead. Wouldn't that be cool to find out if you were related to Anne Bonnie? I am Anne Bonnie. <gasps> You're timeless. <laughs> you do kind of have red hair and you're fiery. Thank you. Quick, t- quick wit temper. I am. I have that. Anyway, that's a story of Anne Bonnie. Thank you for telling a female pirate story. I think I'm just amazed that that story hasn't been made into a fucking movie. Well, it's option it. Want to write it? Dibs on Annie. Dibs on Annie. Copyright law. It's ours. You can't take it. <laughs> I'm cast as Annie. Oh, deal. I'll be Mary. 
Sorry. <laughs> Quinn's face. Guess how old she was by the time she was captured. How? 20 years old. 2021, 22. Oh my God. She was in her early 20s. She had a rich life. She had a fucking rich life. But more importantly, I'm like, girl, she got out. Like, she had a crazy teenage years. Yeah, but that's what happens when you rob. You have a rich life. You have a rich the years at which Sorry. she's a pirate, when she started her pirate career and ended it, two years. She did all that in two years. Pregnant, went to Cuba, all that shit. <laughs> it's like they say, hi diddly d, a pirate's life for me. Okay, so the story that I'm going to tell to you today is a story that a lot, everyone's covered it. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. this is like one of those Is stories. it John Bonet? No, but everyone's covered it. So there's that feeling of like where I was like, should I even talk about this? But then there was this other feeling where I was like, the reason everyone's talked about it is it's kind of crazy and interesting. So, yeah, yeah I guess I, I want to talk about you it. You should. I'm not the guy that's going to do the best job talking about it. So, you know, look elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> what a plug. <laughs> what a fucking plug. Hear what other people have to say. This is an opinion piece, mostly. I couldn't stop reading about it because it's so interesting. I read The Guardian, ABC News, The Sacramento Bee, People Magazine, Wikipedia, Daily Beast, Daily Mail, 2020. There was just a lot of sources because, like I said, it's hot to we all right want to know what the fuck's going on with this. Oh, I'm this so is excited. the case of Sherry Papini's kidnapping. Do you know about it? No. Oh, well, welcome. How long ago did this happen? It happened in, well, let me start at the beginning. The very best place to start. <gasps> Keith and Sherry meet when they're just like kids and they actually have their first kiss in the seventh grade. Oh. But just whatever. They reconnect years later. And that's kind of just coincidental and fun that they knew each other all the way back then. Uh, but when they re meet, Keith's like, Oh, I always liked you. And I'm going to show you these love notes that we passed in middle school that I've kept all these years. It, do we like that or not? It depends on the outcome. I actually like it. I Do you have a boy box at home? No, but I know what you're talking about. And I have stuff that would belong in one. Do you want to know the first gift a boy ever gave me? Yes. It was a what would Jesus do bracelet. That makes perfect sense. Because <laughs> like in middle school, what do you get someone? Or like you would get them a necklace with their like initial that's better than a what would i don't want jesus's initial no like, i don't need that wwjd <laughs> hell no yeah it's pretty presumptuous it's a lot kyle just kidding i don't this know guy the guy's sean. okay he was so cute could have been kyle mm -hmm. um sherry and keith get married in 2009 and they move into the house that keith grew up in now when you read about sherry or watch any stories on this case People always call her super mom or a super mom. But Ugh, I roll. I'm so, I just. So I was like trying to figure out what that's about. Um, it's mostly uh, propaganda. It feels like spread by her husband and her like sister. Because when I was watching, I think it was the 2020 and her sister's talking about she's like, she's a super mom. She wakes up in the morning. She she gets the kids dressed. She makes their meals. She has activities planned for them. She's even a super wife because when she makes a pie, 
she doesn't just make a pie. It, like, looks really nice. I was like, wait. I can't. She dresses her kids and feeds them and makes a plan for what they're going to do with their day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean she's a mom. I'm missing this. And I'm not trying to mom shame anybody, but what exactly? That's just regular mom. That's just what moms do. But maybe she did it while looking, like, maybe it was, like, Stepford-y. I don't know. She was pretty. Does that make it? All right, let me put it this way. Her kids are both little, under the age of five, and they're both in daycare. Is that a super mom? Or is that just a mom? I think if someone is disappeared or kidnapped, anything they do is super? extraordinary. Yes. All right, I'm out of here. You know, like, I like I think, uh, yeah. All right. It, for my money, she she's a standard parent. <laughs> okay? Um, I'm not judging. For the record, Co is going to start daycare probably in this fall pending uh, corona. Yeah. But, like... I don't walk around calling myself super mom either, you know, (laughs) I don't know. So November 2nd, 2016, we're in Redding, California. That's where they live. And Keith Papini comes home from his job that's at um, Best Buy and Sherry's not home and neither of the kids, but her car is. And normally this time of day, she and the kids would be home. Because she's super mom. She's a super mom. She'd be doing super mom stuff, running around the house in a cape baking pies or something. Also, anyway. anytime a super mom, it's always like antiquated emotional labor that the woman is doing. And it's like her husband can fucking help get the kids dressed. Where was he? Best Buy. <laughs> so their two children, Violet and Tyler, are not there. Um... And he says that um, Keith is like, on a typical day, we would have been, they would have run to greet me and we would have done family snuggles. So I feel so many things. That is gross. I think we can all agree on that. He should not share stuff like that, no matter what's happened to his wife. So he gets, uh, he calls the daycare and he's like, did Sherry come pick up the kids? And they're like, no. So he's, like, worried. And then he checked the police beat for other mom-related activity and made sure that the mom signal wasn't for super mom. <laughs> he, yeah, he went outside. He, he turned the on super the mom, mom signal. <laughs> um, no, he uses the Find My iPhone app to see where she is. Basically and the same thing. The same thing. He sees that her phone is... Uh, pretty close by it's by their mailbox but when i say it's by their mailbox don't picture that like their mailbox is in front of the house it's sort of one of those situations where you drive up and everyone's mailbox is all together right. and then you go off and you drive it like you would it's drive like to get your mail yeah so it's not that close but it says that's by there so it's that feeling of like maybe she set it down while she was getting the mail and forgot it still doesn't totally make sense because her car's there where is she anyway he's like i'm gonna go to the mailbox he drives down there and sees her cell phone on the ground uh just a little bit off the road and her Ugh. earbuds are there too Ooh. um it's at the intersection of sunrise drive in old oregon if anyone cares old oregon trail um Love and this is game. like a mile again from their home so he um says that he sees her hair a little bit like tangled up in the earbuds. No. So it's that vibe of like where they ripped off her. So he then, the first thing he does, what's the first thing you would do? You're Call him. the police. 
That's the second thing he does. So I'll tell you the first thing. Cries? He takes a picture of the phone in the earbuds. Then he calls the police. Hmm. I, I don't know why that's weird, but it feels just a little weird. And again, it's so hard when we talk about these cases because you always want to decide what behaviors um, someone doing. That's suspicious. or Yeah, that's... what's suspicious and really like you're like, this is unprecedented in anyone's life. So it's also very hard to know how anyone would react to anything. But right. it just, it's a little weird. So he calls 911, and the 911 call you can totally access in here online. Um, he sounds really composed. And he says that his wife uh, wasn't home and that he went. And he says, you know, she had just started running again. So I assume she went running. And he, it's a little weird that he's telling like the 911 operator that his wife just started running again there's just little things that you're like why would you mention that like yeah yeah i hear what you're saying i smell what's in between the lines um of what you are the words coming out of your mouth the 911 calls weird he starts to get like breathy and weird at the end and be like oh my god oh my god but the whole beginning of the call he's just he's sounds really calm I mean, he tells them, he's like, I took a picture of the phone. Uh, The picture will later be looked at as something a little bit suspect. Right. The reason why is it looks like the phone is sitting screen up and the earphones are wound, it looks like, and set on top of the screen. It looks placed. It doesn't look struggly. Okay. Struggly, yeah. That's... That's the term the police use, struggly. Yeah. I also just like the word struggly. It's kind of a fun <laughs> word to say, struggly. Um, so Keith says the last time he heard from Sherry was at 1037 that morning. Uh, and she asked him via text, did he plan on returning home from work after lunch? And he didn't text her back till 1.30 and said, sorry, it's going to be a late day. And he never heard back anything after that. He says he thinks that his wife would have gone jogging around 11, which means that she would have left before she got that text from him um, shortly after he got that text from her. He also is basing that on the fact that he says that there were some people he spoke with that were cutting down a tree in the neighborhood and said they saw his wife on a run. Okay. Um, But I didn't read anything about the police talking to those people, so I don't know. Hmm. about that he also says that he found a partially wrapped present addressed to him from his wife and two kids at the house and he's like oh she must have been wrapping presents and it was this american flag pillow oof oh yeah that she more than likely disgraceful to the flag um (laughs) that's actually that that's the flag deserves better is that legal no it's not um and you don't hear anybody saying anything she made an American flag pillow. Okay, so that's like the... Okay, all right, sure. You Sorry, know what? She's a super mom. She sits around making American flag pillows and all pies. the time. She's Americana at its peak. Yes. Blonde, uh, blue-eyed well, Americana. don't be... She don't is. Don't be rude about it. Well, so it's am a I. fact. It's not a big deal. What seems weird to me about this piece of information is why would the present be partly wrapped? First of all, she's a super mom. 
So finish what you start. So what's weird to me is that it's partially wrapped. I can't figure out a narrative why that would be. She ran you out of would tape. would not start to wrap. She ran out of tape. No. Okay. It, they would say that, but like, you would not start to wrap something and then be like, I've really got to go on a run. You'd finish what you were doing. And to me, right. when speculation starts to come into play of whether or not anything did happen to her, this, I will go back to this over and over again in my mind and think, did she... Was this an idea of how to stage, I'm in the midst of something, and then something bad has happened, and then she went a different direction with the jogging okay. theory? It just it just feels, I can't figure it out. Okay. So the cops can't find any leads, and then finally, a woman calls in and says, I saw a woman that looked like Sherry at a gas station. She seemed upset and I approached her and I asked her, are you okay? And the woman acted really weird and evasive, but detectives do not believe this was Sherry. So Keith, meanwhile, is starts making tons of television appearances, tons to keep her name in the news, which that's totally a double-edged sword. On the one hand, you're opening yourself up to like more exposure and more filmed footage of you and he's weird like there's yeah. something so weird about keith just as a person like he rubs me the, the wrong that way he saved her letters from when they were children is that how you feel um it felt that you were so suspicious of at the right at the beginning there's something about him i don't like um he says things like He's talking to a TV interviewer and he'll say something like, I was talking to my friend about this the other day and I told him I'm scared, like we'll never find her. And he hugged me and I cried really hard on his shoulder and it was really sad. There's something about talking about that. He's always talking about feelings and moments right? in this way that feels for some reason inauthentic to me right and it reminds me of like the kinds of conversations you might have with someone that goes to theater school where you're just like it's too much (laughs) like it's not well it's not like it doesn't feel like someone is talking to you in a way that is real it feels like someone is trying to present you something well, and also I'm surprised, and again, who knows anyone's crisis reaction, right? I think that's, we've made ourselves clear on how, you know, it's hard to determine what somebody would or would not behave mm-hmm. like. But I also think with that, by him being so sad and stuff, it's like, he, usually you see these people who are driven and going to find out what happened and do something. And it's not about them. It's about finding the person. He's very snivelly. It talks a lot about... Right how much he loves his kids and telling them and stuff like that. And it just feels a little presentational. That's just the vibe I get. Well, they do have cuddle time, family snuggle time. Family snuggle time. (laughs) He does pass a polygraph test, which, as I've told the readers, let's remember, that means absolutely nothing. Nothing. Um, (laughs) So what's crazy, where this story gets bananas, is that like three weeks later, 22 days later on Thanksgiving, guess who shows up? Sherry? Indeed. She's found frantically waving on the side of a rural road in Yolo County, California. It's like, that's like 150 miles uh, south of their home. 
and some driver sees her and stops and she's emaciated. She weighs like 85 pounds or something. She's been beaten. Oh my God. And she has a chain around her waist that's tethered to her uh, wrist with a zip tie and hose clamps are around her ankles. And I'm so bummed we don't know more about this, but her shoulder has been branded but we don't know with what. We don't know if it says something or it's a symbol. We don't know anything about the branding. Ugh. So Keith says what happened was she was in a car and they cut part of the restraints free and pushed her out and left her, the people that took her. And that she had a free hand and pulled a bag that had been put over her head, off her head. And she feels like, what the fuck, doesn't know where she is, just starts running around. She ran to a house for some reason, didn't like the vibe or the look of the house. So she d- doesn't stop there. Uh, she runs past a building that's closed. And then she goes to the highway. She starts fl- trying to flag people down. A bunch of people just drive by her. Mm-hmm. It's a show sad. what would you do? It's a show what would you do? Um, Key says she screamed so much that she coughed up blood. And then this woman, Allison Sutton, stops. Wow. Keith also says he then goes to see her, gets a call, goes to see her in the hospital, and that she just was like, her face was so badly bruised. The bridge of her nose was broken. She has burns and rashes and chain markings. And then Keith says this, her signature long blonde hair had been chopped off. Do you see what I mean about him? Her signature long blonde hair? Ugh, he's like Would talking in superlatives. Like she's a super mom. Her signature hair. Her signature hair. Maybe it was one of the things that identified. But her it's to like him. she's I not doing Pantene commercials. So can you even have signature hair if that's not like your occupation? Yes, I think my mom has a signature haircut. Okay, but if your mom was abducted and then came back. Would you be like, her signature hair doesn't even look the same anymore? I'd probably be like, wow, her hair has got so long. But that isn't the first thing I would say if I, my mom it's came back from weird. abductive. It He's is weird. He's a weirdy. He's a weirdy. Keith, He's, that's It's not weird. struggly. He's a weirdy. And it was snuggles. It's There's a whole thing. Whenever Keith gets interviewed, he paints like this really, really gruesome picture of how she looked and how bad she looked. But and we don't know, really. There's no pictures of her. But right. we do know she only spent a day in the hospital before being discharged. Huh. So that's that's odd, too. No? Yeah. A little odd. I'm just like, worried about her psychological well-being. Sure. Um. So her assailants, according to her, never... Well, according to the world, they never communicated to the outside world and said they wanted anything, right? They never asked for There's a ransom. No ransom, yeah. She says they abducted her at gunpoint and that they were two Hispanic females. They spoke Spanish the majority of the time she was with them, so she really didn't have, like, a lot to report in terms of uh, overhearing anything. Hmm. Sherry, you didn't take Spanish in high school? Well, you live what in California. Do better. Where are you doing? Do better. She says one of the I women had... She's, she's been kidnapped. I don't, you know. Or has she? Or has she? One of the women had thin eyebrows and pierced ears... Her hair was long and curly, and the other, who was older, had straight black hair and thick eyebrows. They kept their faces covered, and she has no idea where she was being held. So, 
she says the S they were in an SUV. It was dark colored. Those are that's like all of the information. Not necessarily that she gave to the police, but that we know publicly that she gave to the police. After three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. Isn't that wild? Nothing to say. Wow. Or to be fair, if she did say anything, they decided not to release it. Maybe in hopes of catching them, you know, sometimes they limit. They keep, yeah, they keep so that they can use. But that is all we know. Um, The weirdness... Should we just continue down weird lane? Yeah. We're already driving. Okay. My seat, my seat is buckled. How about this? Another blonde named Tara Smith that Sherry went to high school with was abducted years ago while jogging. 18 years ago in 1998. And she vanished forever. She was, they never found her. Um, what was Sherry's connection to her? They went to high school. Sherry auditioned for the same role as Tara's sister in the fifth grade play. Do you know what the play was? Oh, I wish. Oh, that would have been such a good piece of information. I know. Let's just assume it's Steel Magnolias. Steel um, Magnolias. So, Fifth grade Steel. <laughs> I'd see it. <laughs> the family of Terry's, they actually suspect it was a local man. Um, he was never prosecuted, but um, he was. Uh, he had a rap sheet including rape and assault with a deadly weapon, and he was her boyfriend. I think. So they think it was that guy. Right. So highly, highly unlikely. It's the same person. That 18 years later, that guy was like, I'm doing it. What I think people find suspect about this fact and why I'm bringing it up is it's a memory Sherry has. This blonde girl that looked kind of like me when 20 years ago got stolen jogging. Hmm. I don't know. Do they think she made it up? Who's they? The police. The people at large. Barbara <laughs> Walters, 2020. Barbara. I wonder what does WWBT, what does Barbara think? What would Barbara think? That's what it is. So on the days leading up to, I'm just skipping over here. I'm not answering you. I guess I'm not answering you because I just want to present more of the facts and see what you think because there aren't answers. I'm going to, like, spoiler alert this episode and tell you we're not going to get to resolution. Ugh, I hate when you do these stories. But I love speculation. I know, it's I fun. live for it. And we need a job. So I think we That's should true. solve this. So what I want to tell you, on the days leading up to her disappearance, Sherry was online texting with this guy from Detroit. And they planned to meet up. And he was a guy that she had some sort of ongoing relationship with. He was cleared by police. But we don't know what the deal is with them. We don't know if it was romantic. We don't know if they met up or not. We don't know anything. But one theory some people have is that she maybe wanted to run away with him and leave her life. Yeah. And, and then when that didn't work out, she needed to stage her or maybe kidnapping. She, well, maybe she did run away with him. And then maybe she had second thoughts and didn't want repercussions yeah. when she showed up on Thanksgiving. And she wanted to be home for Thanksgiving. That and she was didn't want her. her kids to think that she willingly left them. That's not what super moms do. So, but I know one thing about super moms. They don't leave their kids. No, but they super moms can get abducted by bad guys and still be super moms. So Do you think that's why she survived is because she's super mom. I think she survived because I don't think this happened to her. <laughs> yes, you know Spoiler what I think. Spoiler alert. Um, so we, we know that she accused these two women. Mm-hmm. 
um, and that those were the only people she talks about ever seen. Well, they were able to figure out that there was unidentified male DNA on her clothes. No matches in the database. But who is the male? Did they cross-reference them with the Detroit guy? I don't know. They and cleared did she, him, though. Was she sexually abused at all? No. Okay. After she'd been missing a while, uh, Keith and her friends started GoFundMe. They raised like $50,000. I don't think they gave that back, by the way. Lisa Jeter is one of... Well, if she was abducted, that probably would go towards, like, medical costs and things like that. All right. Fair. Fine. Fair. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. All right. I don't disagree. It's hard to say because the truth is I say all this and then I'm like, oh, man, if this woman was abducted... You're going to feel so bad. Yeah. And I, (laughs) I hate feeling bad. I refuse to feel bad. No, I feel bad all the time. Yeah, you're right. I feel bad most of the time anyway, so I'm going to just lean in. Um, so Lisa Jeter's one of Sherry's friends, and she gets contacted by an anonymous donor who says they want to offer a bunch of money for a reverse ransom. What is that? That's basically no one's asked for anything, and it's coming out and being like, It's hey, a reward, right? Yeah, it's just a reward, but they call <laughs> it a reverse ransom. ransom. <laughs> such a roundabout way of saying yeah. reward. They say it several times in different articles. Isn't that weird? That's super weird. Um, so Lisa's like, I don't know. That's weird. Um, who offers six figures to a stranger to be like, I really want to help find this girl. So that was weird. She says she asked like a million questions, though, and was like, oh, I guess this guy really wants to do this. But the police are like, uh, hello, absolutely not. No. Um, in fact, the lead investigator, Lieutenant Anthony Bertain, uh, went ballistic. Why? And he threatened legal action if the donor did this because that's not... Uh... Maybe maybe reverse ransom is they find those people and kidnap them and then... <laughs> maybe that's why it's reverse ra- ransom. Um, like, I, really I keep like saying reverse ransom, reverse racism. That reverse racism isn't a thing. Neither is reverse ransom. These are not things. I want to see... The movie Reverse Ransom, starring <laughs> Actually, Reverse Judd. Mel Gibson. Reverse. Who is Reverse Mel Gibson? Who's Lucius Malfoy. Day? <laughs> Great. Lucius Malfoy, the guy who plays him because he was in The Patriot and he was the bad guy. But Mel Gibson's the bad guy in real life now. So the bad guy in the movie, that's Reverse Mel Gibson. Genius. Sold. Done. The family ends up getting help from this guy named Cameron Gamble. Gamble is a gamble. He is a 30-something-year-old lunatic. (laughs) Okay, he's not a lunatic. Let me me be more fair. Gamble is a self-professed abduction expert. Yes, I want to meet him. Every time we're like, that sounds like a fun job. I would be that. He's that for real. Do you think that's what we are actually is abduction? As we're talking right now, like we're abduction experts. We might be that. We might be that already. We have about as good a chance as Gamble. Do you think think every woman is an abduction expert because of all the chain letters we received as children that was like, do not go into your car. Check under it. Don't go in the passenger side. Don't answer the door if there's a crying baby. Or else... We're all scared. I don't know if that makes us experts. I'm an expert on sharks and I'm scared of sharks. Well, so Gamble comes forward and he's like, I have the backing of an anonymous donor that offered me $50,000 as long as I 
get Sherry back. But <sighs> mm, Gamble's resume, <laughs> he's like um, a self-defense coach. I love it. And it feels like he sort of just got himself involved in this case because it was getting a lot of publicity. Um, but he's always talking about, he's like, I have a survival, evasion, resistance, and escape training course. And <laughs> ay, ay, ay. he founded multiple companies with like very militaristic, can you say that? Like military sounding names. Yes. Catalyst Advanced Training Group. And my favorite name, Project Taken. <laughs> God. Taken is all capitalized. What's funny is, is like if anyone, if I was abducted, look at Gamble. <laughs> like, look at him. He did it. Right. Did he do it? I, he totally, for sure did right? it. Um, he says that his course has been credited by the Department of Criminal Justice Services. I don't buy it. Well, there's no agency that exists by that name. So that's fair. <laughs> Um, but they, his project taken's work is like focused on, um, helping Christian missionaries prepare for traveling They're Um, he says they're focused on training them so that they can, um, prevent, survive and escape hostile situations. He also says about his work that he brings a supernatural approach. Like supernatural or supernatural? Or super unnatural. Hard to say. Hard to say. But is it like, does he bring like ghosts? Does he like have you summon spirits? I'll just read you this quote and you tell I can't, me. Please tell me. Those who dare to pierce the darkness with the light of the gospel is what he, he helps people in his training do. Oh my God. This guy is wackadoo. So I guess um, supposedly uh, in the Daily Beast it said that the anonymous donor told the Daily Beast that he picked Gamble as who he wanted to give this money to after a family friend of the Papinis put them in touch. So the Papinis are behind the being like, give money to this guy, sort of. Oh, interesting. I mean, like the reverse ransom people. They were like, you know, we can't take the money, but ask this guy. It's Weird. hard to figure out who's connected. There's too many anonymouses in this, which is also weird. There's too many randos that have money that care. Well, I think we find that based on our Patreon subscribers. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. We know them all. Okay. (laughs) Gamble really helps push this theory of sex trafficking. He's like, oh, yeah, definitely she was sex trafficked, the branding. Um, But no one raped her the whole time. Uh, I mean, they beat her and cut her hair, which is also weird because if she's like, um, if she's the product they're selling, why are they damaging the product? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's for sex trafficking, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, But the police in general are like, this guy Gamble, he's not super helpful. We're not into working with him. Yeah. He's (laughs) actually kind of annoying. And... They're obviously beyond skeptical. And a lot of people are accusing him of doing the whole thing as just a publicity stunt to sort of uh, jumpstart his non-business that is Project Taken. Um, This guy sounds like a creep. Yeah. The day before she shows up again, Papini, he makes a video saying the reward is now off the table. They had their chance. 
And now he's going to offer an even bigger reward if she's returned by citizens. So sort of like a weird call to action to the people of like, go out and find Sherry and kill her captor. He doesn't say that, but it just feels like it's bizarre. It's it's all weird. It's all weird. Um, there's no recent news on the case. I guess in the last few years, what happened is they released some CCTV footage that was um, taken by cameras that are at the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses in Yolo County because it's Sherry like running by the building. Oh, because... and then running by again before she was rescued. Like what? What out of the car? Right. But you, I watched the footage. You can't see anything. It's right. not a. Uh, but interesting she went back. She like went one way and then she went back. Yeah, which kind of goes with the story they were telling anyway of her just not really knowing what to do once she got out of the car. Has she done any post-kidnapping interviews? No. She's never spoken to the public about this. Ever, ever, ever. Um, and then the other thing that happened somewhat recently is that um, there was a release of a 911 call. Mm-hmm. Not having to do with this case, but having to do with the fact that in 2003... The California police got a call from Sherry Papini's mother that said, my daughter is harming herself and trying to blame it on me and say I did it. And the police log that references the call has other allegations in the log as well, that on October 1st in the year 2000, Sherry Papini's sister, Sheila Grafe, said that Sherry, she thought, kicked in her back door. But she wasn't sure if anyone got in the house. No, no, nothing was missing, but she suspected her sister. Also, her father, Richard Grafe, said that Papini vandalized his home in Shasta Lake, California. And then three years later, also said to police that there was an unauthorized withdrawal from his bank account and he suspected Sherry Papini. So what's just weird is that they have logs of the people closest to her, mother, father, sister, telling the police that she's doing crazy shit. I mean, at the same time, though, she was kidnapped in 2016. How old was she when she was kidnapped? Does it say? No. I mean, it sure it does. So 2016, know. but then this was in 2003 and 2000. So, like, that's 13 years prior. Yeah. She could have just been, like, a really shitty, rebellious teenager. Totally. Definitely. It does sound suspicious that two women would kidnap her cut her hair beat her up 80 like there's just yeah let her go i mean never ask for anything i should hope though if i'm ever kidnapped i should be so lucky like that feels like that's best case scenario truly for a kidnapping for an abduction so there's this Newsweek article, and Ken Ryan is this law enforcement expert that teaches criminology. And he says in it, he was, quote, amazed by the coincidences. And he thinks that the story is false, but that the police don't have enough evidence to prove that it's false. Well, the other thing is that they got away with it. So why didn't something similar happen again? That Listen, if you're going to fake an abduction, you can only do it once. Okay, okay. I don't think right. that's not something. If you did it a second time, I think that's when you make mistakes. I'm going to I'm gonna leave you with one more Please. theory. Love it. Um, so the other theory is, the ra- is racism. That the whole thing was staged to spread a scare story about the Latino community. Is it because of the American flag pillow? 
No, I'll tell you why they think I maybe. I that's a part of it. Well, <laughs> it's true. Apple pie, blonde hair, blue eyed, American flag. Like, are they it's setting It's darker than that, believe it or not. I hate this. I so, hate this because this is plausible. They found a weird blog post. It says it's written by Sherry Grafe. That's Papini's maiden name. And it was written in 2003. So again, 13 years prior to the kidnapping. When she was saying her mother was hurting her. Yeah. But in it, she talks about, um, it's kind of like hatred against Latinos and a lot about being proud to be white. Um, It basically says that she and her dad had run-ins with Latinos in a homecoming volleyball game and that they called her dad names like Hitler and Nazi and that there was some violence involved both ways, I think. And that... She ended up even, like, breaking the nose of one of the girls that was yelling at them. Then they, like, rushed her and jumped her. But, it's again, the post is, like, talking about being very proud to be white. Her ex-husband, Sherry Papini's ex-husband, David Dreyfus, comes out and says, like, this post was done by her, must have been done by an enemy of hers to make her look bad in high school. Okay. Like, somebody shitty in high school went after her and made this post put it under her name and her family and and she obviously totally deny this post came from her right she does have a public pinterest account you can no longer see that got taken down that had a section marked cultural differences and it had memes in it and a lot of the memes had a concerned tone about illegal immigrants and Muslims. So just because you're racist doesn't mean you faked your own kidnapping, but it's just another piece of the puzzle that doesn't feel right. It doesn't add up. It doesn't feel right at all. So I hope she, I, that's very coincidental for a variety of reasons, which is to say like no one went back in time and made that blog post. It happened in 2003 and it looked bad in 2016 right right which is like the theme of now (laughs) well it's i guess i'm just saying um it's it's what the newsweek article said where it's just it's a lot of coincidences right that make it hard a hard pill to swallow it's hard to believe her it's hard to believe her well and she's never said anything we've never seen her talk about it which is fine she shouldn't have to talk about it if she's a victim but there's a lot of skepticism and there's a lot of different reasons why there's skepticism and to this day no one's ever been caught and that's where we leave things wow it's a crazy case it's really weird and i just hope so much that sometime in the future i'm going to get to come on this podcast and be like we figured it out i it makes me so sad that because the thing is is so many people i'm sure at that time were kidnapped and all these resources were being put towards her. Again, because she don't was... know she could have been kidnapped. I know. I go back and forth. I uh, know. I know. I mostly go, uh, now I'll be honest, I mostly don't think she was. But... Do you know who I bet would know the answer? Pirate Anne Bonnie. Pirate Anne. We will set up a seance tonight. And she's for sure alive still, so. Oh, right. She's, I forgot. She's alive. What if Sherry Papini, what is Pirate Anne? Dyed her hair from 
beautiful fire and got that and did blonde. it all for the GoFundMe fifty thousand. And did it all for the fifty thousand because she's a pirate. Well, that's piracy, folks. I don't like it, but it is. But it is what it is. It is what it, it is. is. What it is. We didn't. We didn't make the rules. We just abide by them. Our matey. Oh, shiver me timbers. timbers. You've Jinx. been listening to truly darkly creepy. I'm Quinlan Bosner. And I'm Carrie Ithama. And you are a Patreon subscriber starting today when you get online and you fucking hit that hit subscribe it. button. Yep. And then you get super psyched when you get that extra episode a month mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. get a shout out and you get a card from us and you just feel, you feel good, good about, about yourself. yourself. That's really That's what we're trying one. to do. Yeah. You feel good about yourself. And if you don't feel good about yourself, who knows where that could lead? That could lead to staging your own kidnapping. We don't want that for you. We don't want that for you. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I'm not going to stand for that. No. And also, like, if she did stage her own kidnapping, she'd beat the shit out of her own face. That sucks. (sighs) I'll say it again. Also, lost a lot. Maybe she just went to do a cleanse. She lost. She was really, really emaciated. Like maybe she was like, "I lost too much weight. I need help." She was like, know. "Jogging is too hard. I'm gonna rip off these headphones right here, and I'm gonna go be by myself and go on a cayenne pepper cleanse. And I'm gonna come back by Thanksgiving and see if it worked." <sighs> this weight belt is tight. <laughs> this chain belt that I have that's tied by zip tie. Ooh, it's like a corset. If only she would come out now with a new workout plan. That was the fake your own abduction <laughs> workout plan. I'd fucking do it. I'd do it. There is one. What is the one that? Oh, it's like um. There's one that's like a gym body, like or not gym, a prison body, where like <laughs> there's like a, a person who's was a convict or something and was in jail and has now created a health phenomenon who's like does jail, which feels. I believe in second chances. I believe in second chances. Certainly. I just love I just it don't believe some... in workout videos. <laughs> just don't believe in working out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we done? Yeah, we're done. Okay. Later. Later. Gator. Bye.